What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Wellpreneur podcast. This week, we're talking personal branding with Erica Blair. Creating a brand for your business can be a lot more simple than we tend to make it. We tend to really overcomplicate things. And so in this conversation with Erica, I'm going to be talking about what it means to create a personal brand, how to decide if you want to brand yourself or if you want to brand like a business name, and also how you can upplay some really unique qualities in yourself that you might be a bit nervous to put out there, but maybe actually shifting those to the core of your brand and really upplaying those instead of downplaying them is the key to really connect with your ideal clients. We're going to be talking about all of this in today's episode. When you have a brand for your business, that is like the words and the feelings and the key elements of what it means to have your business. So when somebody thinks of your business or your brand, what are they going to think of? And one of the great ways to infuse your brand into all of your business is through creating an email welcome sequence. So this week's email marketing tip of the week is to create a simple welcome sequence for people that join your email list. So what I mean is just a series of maybe four or five emails that go out to every new subscriber. So usually in the first email, you're going to deliver whatever it was that they signed up for, right? So maybe they signed up for an ebook or a video, something like that. You might deliver that. But then over the next emails, what I want you to do is really introduce these different elements of your brand. And the way you do that is usually through telling stories. So maybe one of your brand pillars is about freedom. Then you'd want to tell a story about how you achieved personal freedom in your life or how you helped one of your clients achieve that. What if your brand is really about something like weight loss or natural parenting or whatever it is? Can you then tell stories in those emails? Just one story per email. Focus on one topic per email and just share a story from you or a client about that. And over that sequence of four or five emails, people will really get a sense of what does it mean to engage with you and your business? What should they be expecting from you? What's your style? You know, are you funny and irreverent? Are you serious? Are you playful? Are you like really serene and zen? They'll just get a real sense of your brand and business. And I found that this is really helpful to have an introductory welcome sequence, even if you do a regular email newsletter, because that newsletter, it's like they could get it anytime, right? They sign up and they're just going to get that next newsletter. But the welcome sequence is a really nice way to bring people easily into your brand and business. So they get a pre-planned, structured introduction to the very best that you have to offer. You can even include some of your favorite blog posts or videos or links to your Facebook group or whatever it is that people need to know about you. So there's your task for this week. Have a think about how you can write an introductory email sequence to introduce people into your brand and business. Now, the email marketing tool that I use and that I've been using for a couple of years is ConvertKit. And it is super easy to create a welcome sequence in ConvertKit. 
Actually, they have something called sequence and you just create one called welcome sequence and you can make it so that easily anybody that signs up, no matter which form they sign up on, no matter which freebie they opted in for, or if you got them in a workshop or whatever, you can set it up really easily so everybody goes into that welcome sequence first. ConvertKit is super powerful for planning these types of customer journeys, we used to call them in the corporate world. So you can plan the journey of what's going to happen to your new email subscriber. They make it really easy and intuitive. So if you'd like to try a free 30-day trial of ConvertKit that's only available for Wellpreneur podcast listeners, you can sign up through my link at wellpreneuronline.com slash bonus right? ConvertKit bonus, CK bonus. And also when you sign up through that link, you'll get access to my customized 30 minute training that's just for wellpreneurs. That's like a quick start on how you can get started doing the most common tasks that you need to do in ConvertKit. So again, you can sign up for that at wellpreneuronline.com slash CK bonus. Okay, let's dig into personal branding with Erica Blair. Hey, Erica, thanks for joining me on the show today. So much for having me. I really appreciate it. So we met a couple of weeks ago, actually, in Bangkok at this conference. And I came to one of your meetups that you were running about personal branding. And I, as soon as I heard your talk, I was like, oh my gosh, you have to come on the show. So why don't you start off by just telling us a bit about what you do? How do you describe what you do? I am a brand strategist. So what I do is I work with people who are launching brands to figure out how to build the foundations that will allow them to go out and market so that they can find clients. That's really kind of a hidden side of this whole marketing world that a lot of people don't really talk about. What I help people do is really focus on, okay, what kind of business are they trying to build? Who are they going to be targeting with that? And then how are they going to price and package their services so that they can appeal to those ideal clients? And then finally, it kind of gets wrapped up together in what is your brand messaging? What do you need to say to communicate with the people who you want to reach about what you want to sell them? And so I kind of work all together holistically on those four things to help people get ready to launch their marketing strategies. For a lot of the people listening, they're solopreneurs, right? So Mm -hmm. we're working in wellness, but don't have a team, maybe a virtual assistant, but really like it's just them. And so I think in that case, I don't know, I'm really intrigued by this idea of the personal brand. And I know this is a question that comes up a lot in this community is like, well, should I brand my name or should I create a business name or like, I don't know, do you have thoughts on that or like? Absolutely. Yeah. And this is something that I encounter a lot with people who are starting out because a huge concern that people tend to have at that stage is, okay, I need to seem more professional than I feel like I am. I'm just a human being who would want to listen to me or who would want to pay me high end prices for my services, for my products, for my work. A lot of people jump to the idea that they need to create a brand outside of themselves to kind of have that gravitas and have that legitimacy that they think will make them appear bigger and more professional to clients. And it's sort of a catch-22 because if you think about the way that the human brain is wired, for so long, we were just humans living with other humans. We didn't have these giant entities that we were identifying with and relating to. And so when we really think about how to use human psychology to reach people and to create connection with potential clients, 
I think we really have to focus on how do humans process information. And part of that is to associate any kind of efforts that you're doing with the person who's actually doing them. We think in terms of people, we think in terms of names and in terms of faces. And so I'm not saying that every single person needs to brand their entire business under their own personal name. But when you're deciding what kind of name to brand, understand that no matter what you do, people are going to associate your work with your name. And so for me, at least, I'd rather build a strong association between my name and what I do than try to insert a separate entity in the middle that can confuse people. And so I've chosen that approach. And I often advise people to make sure that at least at the very least, their name is a big part of what they're bringing into the conversation in the business that they're building. I think you really summarize that in a way I haven't heard before that makes a lot of sense. One thing I've noticed is that using your personal brand gives you flexibility because I don't know about you, but in the wellness industry, people in the beginning, well, I guess anywhere, change their minds a lot about where they're going to focus. And <laughs> yep. so if you become like the weight loss health coach com. And then suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, six months later, I hate weight loss. I want to work with moms on sleeping better. Then you have to like rebrand your whole business. Or if you've gone with your name, it's just easier. That can be an advantage and a disadvantage, which is that for some people, what they want to do is build a business they can sell later. And if it's really, really tied to you, that makes it more challenging. And so that's certainly one instance where I would recommend people think about building something not under their name. But in general, for somebody who's really selling services and really selling their life's work, their mission, their interests, having your name be part of it is super duper important for getting people to be able to quickly connect with you and your work. And so if you're thinking about pursuing a separate brand name, I would try to make sure that that kind of brand name isn't, you know, the weight loss coach, you know, something like that, that's tied specifically to a person anyway. I think with Wellpreneur, you know, you've got a great brand going here because what you're doing is you're building something that is really about your target audience rather than a title for you as a human being that kind of would replace your name. Let's really dive into this personal branding. So if somebody wants to brand around their name, like brand themselves, right, as a brand. So what are the first things, like what do we need to be thinking about? This is sort of an interesting point because when people get started, they often jump to the very same things that they see other people in their field doing. AKA, this is what so-and-so's website wrote, or this is the kind of post that I see this coach posting on Instagram. So I want to do those kind of things too. And so when people come to me, the very first questions they often ask are questions about what do I write on my website? What do I post on social media? How do I reach people online? And what I always suggest is that actually that's sort of the end of the process. That's the visible part of the iceberg. And there's an entire foundation that goes beneath the surface that has to happen for you to be able to actually create marketing that effectively reaches people down the road. And so when I'm really starting with someone, the very first thing that we get clear on is what is their vision for what they want to create? What would be the best case scenario of how their business is going to look down the road? Are you building this business so that you can have a flexible lifestyle? Are you building it so that you can have a giant empire that reaches millions of people, because those are going to be really different approaches. And I want to make sure that everything we build from there on out is really related to the type of business that they'd like to be having. You are a human being that can make a huge amount of change in the life, the lives of many, many people. So it, given that as a fact, what are you going to do to narrow down exactly who you're targeting and who you're trying to reach with your messaging? Because a lot of people get really overwhelmed by the sheer scope 
of the amount of people that they feel driven to help or that they feel like they might be able to help. And to actually kind of narrow that down and say, I'm only going to work on sorting out this specific type of person's problems then makes the entire rest of the branding process roll so much more easily because you know who you're trying to reach and therefore it makes it a lot easier to identify what kind of things you need to post, what you need to be saying about yourself. And then we get into some of the processes around exactly what's your positioning in the market, how are you going to package your services, how are you going to price them, and then exactly what are you going to say about them. I've heard it talked about having like brand pillars or Oh, I don't know what else they're called, but like trying to come up with a few words or images or something that you can use as a reference point as you're, I'm just trying to think of like how, how, because that's so much information, like how to start to bring it down into something we can... Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely recommend having a few talking points that you refer back to that when you're sitting there thinking, okay, I need to post something. I want to create more content. I want to get my message out there. You know which points that you're going to be looking to hit with the people that you are trying to reach. The reason why I make such an emphasis on the steps that come before that is that it's really hard to determine your talking points if you don't know who you're talking to and you don't know what you want to sell them. Those things combined then kind of make it easy to extrapolate, okay, well, if I want to sell this coaching package that maybe is for weight loss to this type of woman, that means that I need to communicate A, B, C, and D. And then you can kind of have that list ready so that you can refer to it at any point when you're getting down to the actual execution of the messaging and the actual putting yourself out there and visible in front of people, which is really what it's all leading toward. That makes total logical sense. That's like marketing, right? So we're like, mm-hmm. who are we going to target? What are we selling them? And then like, what's that journey that we need to take them on to get them ready to buy this thing? Yes. Right now, some of the people listening are going to be like, oh, but I just want to talk about what I want to talk about. Like I'm passionate about wellness. I'm passionate about whatever these different areas of wellness people are crazy about, you know, yoga and raw food and all that stuff. And I just want to talk about that in my brand. The people who I work with are super duper passionate about their topics. I only work with people who have already really identified the area that they want to build a business around. And so many times it's that content and the the deciding about how to really communicate that that's the most exciting part of the branding. What doesn't get spoken about, though, is that there's a huge problem in especially the wellness industry, but in all the entire coaching industry in general of people who come with this passion and don't necessarily understand what it's going to take to sell services around that passion. And a big block that I encounter a lot of people having is that they say, "Okay, I can help anyone and I can do all these different things. And so they get scared to design a package that's very finite and has limits to what they're offering to people. I think a lot of people feel like as soon as they start excluding potential customers or they start saying, well, I'll help you with this, but I won't help you with that, even though maybe I could help you with that other thing. They feel like they're going to be losing opportunities to work with people. And what I really stress in everything that I'm doing with my clients is that I feel like it's really, really important to get to the point where you identify not just who you're working with and what you're working on, but who you're not working with and who you won't be helping. Because every single human has the capacity to help a large number of other humans. And getting really clear on exactly what it is you do and what it is you don't do 
in terms of the services you sell is what helps to refine that content that you're going to be putting out there about your passion so that it can all be directed to actually bringing money into your business, which is a concept that a lot of people in this realm don't necessarily put a huge amount of emphasis on because of the fact that they're coming at it from a place of passion, from a place of this is my life's work and I just want to get it out there. But hey, you got to put your own oxygen mask on before you can help others. And being able to design the packages and then pitch them is a really critical part of being able to get the air supply that you need to keep going. So one thing you talked about in your workshop in Bangkok was that you said something about upplaying your uniqueness. So like upplaying versus downplaying. And I loved that. Like I'd never heard upplaying before. And so I think (laughs) like a lot of times, you know, people will feel like they have these quirky, well, you kind of, when you're looking at your business, you're like, okay, I'm a yoga teacher and this is how yoga teachers are supposed to be, right? I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be eating these like smoothie bowls in the morning and meditating (laughs) and all this stuff. And so it's like you sand off all your interesting edges to try to present yourself as to what you think you're supposed to be. And actually like, so I think that's like downplaying the uniqueness. And that's what like so many people do. Whereas actually like those rough edges are what attracts people to you, right? So I like that you like the term upplaying because I've just coined it recently. And I I think it's going to be something that I really upplay myself because it's a really important characteristic of, okay, I know I'm a human being and I want to connect with other human beings who I could help, right? How do we do that? That's a really big dilemma that we're all trying to solve, that branding is really designed as a process to help us flesh out. And so, as you said, you know, for a lot of us, we've been growing up with these ideas of professionalism that say, okay, if you want to be a yoga teacher, then you need to act as yoga teachers do. You need to be sort of this holy being on Instagram posting gorgeous shots and being super healthy all the time or whatever it might be. There's a lot of pressure that a lot of people I work with feel when they're designing their brand to kind of reach those heights of professionalism that they've been taught have are kind of the cornerstone of a successful person. And I think what we're seeing is actually a huge shift in the entire way that society functions based on the internet, based on social media, which is that now with our, the opportunity to reach so many different people, what we can do is actually find the people who are the very best potential clients for us rather than kind of having to only work with people who happen to be in our local area. And that's a really giant shift in the way that we get to present ourselves because before you had to be kind of bland, you had to be palatable to be able to get a client base out of the people that just happen to be around you. Now you can go out and access very small sub-communities of people who maybe are into yoga teachers that have a little bit, that have tattoos and blue hair, you know, whatever it might be. Somebody that kind of takes the broad scope of what it means to study yoga and then finds their little granular aspect inside of that. That's really what we're able to do with the internet that we weren't before. And that's shifted the way that we can build brands. And so the more now that we are able to kind of find the people who would love a yoga teacher that has blue hair and tattoos, the more that we're going to be able to become kind of quickly connected with the kind of people that we find online. I really recommend looking for those things inside of you that you're 
a little bit scared and a little bit, you have a little bit of resistance and fear coming up about sharing with people. And then thinking about how could you actually, instead of trying to push that aside, how could you make that the center of your brand? How could you make that the unique characteristic that gets people super excited about working with you because they've found the person in your industry who's the most like them or who has the most intriguing characteristics? Why is it those things that scare you a little bit? We've been taught that being different is bad. And that's something that's a message that's been put into each and every single one of us since childhood. You know, as we're growing up, our differences are remarked and noted as things that make us undesirable to connect with. And so for a lot of people that are coming from a place of wanting to be accepted, wanting to have their work appreciated by others, it's a challenging thing to get the boldness to stand up and say, this is who I am, like it or not, love me or leave me. Because what they know that they're doing is they're going to be encountering people who don't appreciate that, who don't like that. And what I do as a reframe for that is that rather than needing to find the people that are going to accept you for being, you know, this kind of, you know, average bland person, what I actually look for is to turn off anybody who wouldn't be an ideal client for me. And so I go really, really hard on some of the things that I know are going to make people not like me. For instance, I'm an extremely positive and optimistic person. And a lot of people, you believe it or not, do not resonate with that message and find that they may label it as naive or whatever their perception of that is, I actually want to make sure that those people don't come to me for my services because I know we're not going to be a good fit. And I know that it's going to be a waste of my time to even get on a call with them because we're not going to be able to achieve the kinds of things that I like to achieve with my clients. I go really deep into putting that front and center, knowing that it's going to turn people off for me because what I'm doing is filtering. And when you're really hardcore about who you are and what makes you different, what you do is you filter out people that weren't going to be ideal fits for you anyway. And what that does is leaves you with more energy for the people who are going to be good fits for you and who are going to help you build a long-term business where you have a lot of success with your clients that can then snowball into greater numbers of referrals, better case studies for your work, et cetera. All the things that we need as entrepreneurs to build long-term sustainable businesses. We kind of go within ourselves and find like, what are those things that are uniquely you that are like, you know, the secret things you maybe try to hide or that you're slightly uncomfortable with putting out there because they don't fit your idea of what professional is and choose a couple of those to really make the center of your brand. That's what you were saying. So once we do that, what are some ideas of like, how can then we bring that into our brand? How do we start to then weave that into what we're doing? I think one of the most important activities is outlining exactly who you are and who you aren't. And then being able to speak clearly about both sides of those things. A lot of people, it's they get very concerned with kind of giving people what they want and they feel scared to say, no, you aren't the right person for me. And so being able to actually say things like, I don't work with people who are A, B, or C characteristics because I found that they actually don't respond well to my coaching or they don't necessarily fit with this program that I've designed. That's a really scary thing for a lot of people to set those hard and firm limits and to say no, especially people who are at the beginning of their journey who are like, 
I just need money. I just need resources. And I want to get as much cash injection into this business as I can. Why would I say no to anybody? But what they don't necessarily realize is that not only are you then wasting your time, but you're also wrecking your positioning. And that's a really important word that I want to make sure everybody who listens to this podcast understands the importance of is that positioning is your ability to stand up in the marketplace and say, I am amazing at what I do and I will only work with the right people for me. That's a big aspect of what gives you power in actually finding the right kind of clients for you in making you attractive to the right kind of clients. Because nobody wants to hear that you're open for business from anybody. It doesn't make you seem special. It doesn't make you seem desirable. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes, I think it's by Daniel Priestley, is that we don't buy what people want to sell. We buy what other people want to buy. And when you're really working on your positioning, what you're helping to create is a situation where you are not necessarily open to business to everyone. You are open to business only to the right people who meet the right criteria. And so making sort of an issue of who you work with and who you don't work with is a really quick little hack to set up your positioning in a way that people are actually going to understand that you have standards, that you are a desirable person to work with, and that you're only going to work with people who are going to fulfill whatever it is that needs to happen to have success with your program. I think that's so true. I think anybody out there listening who's been in that moment where you're just like, I'll work with anybody because I just need money. Like, how well did that go for you, right? (laughs) We've all had that situation where we've taken on a client that we probably shouldn't have and the results are never that great. So, I mean, that is completely true and it does make you more attractive and you get better results. I always say that the most dangerous word in business is anyone. The second that that you say that anyone, you could work with anyone who wants to make a change in their life or anyone who's struggling with weight loss, you know, those are kryptonite for actually being able to go out and attract clients because a client doesn't see themselves as anyone, a potential client. Nobody ever sees themselves as just somebody. They see themselves as a very specific person with very unique needs. And what they want to hear in all of your messaging is that you understand exactly what their situation is and that you're going to be able to help them. Because whenever we're looking through any content, any marketing, looking to hire anybody, the number one question that we're asking ourselves is, will it work for me? Yeah, I hear that it worked for other people, but will it work for me? And the second that your messaging is designed around just anyone, you're not going to be leaving potential clients with the feeling that your work is going to work for them. So what else do we need to know about creating a personal brand? One of my favorite quotes is that shamelessness is the key to fabulousness. I think that is (laughs) an absolutely critical thing that I think of every single day. When I'm getting the resistance and the fear creeping up in me about putting myself out there, because truth be told, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been at it. It's a very kind of scary proposition to put yourself out there, be vulnerable and stand up boldly for who you are and what you want. Yeah, I can come on here and say that's what people should do. But I've been there in the weeds. I know how hard it is to press go live on Facebook or I know how hard it is to make a post about something that you feel like people are going to judge you about and in to receive messaging from others that that's actually not okay with them and that they don't like your work. That is a really difficult position to put yourself in. 
And so in terms of how I cope with that and how I have built my brand, knowing that I'm standing up for things that aren't necessarily going to be popular. I keep coming back to that idea that shamelessness is really the key to fabulousness. I know that I have it in me to build something bigger than myself. I know that I have it in me to help a large number of people. And in order to reach that state of fabulousness, it's going to take some drastic action. And for me to be able to say bold things, make bold moves, make asks that are scary, ask people for money, ask people to help me, ask people for their support. You know, those are things that I've really had to work on my own feelings of shame about and then go forth and do them anyway. And so it's not a one, two, three step process of here's how you get rid of all your shame and become the boldest person on earth. It's a constant continual practice that even those of us who may be somewhat on the other side and have really put ourselves out there and have really gotten out there with our message, we still have to revisit and come back to as an ongoing process. I would urge all of your listeners to think about in the next moments that come up for you where you think, okay, I'd like to be a little bolder with this, but I am a little scared of what that might mean for me or what the repercussions might be. Don't forget, shamelessness is the key to fabulousness. And I know that you have fabulousness within you. So a little shamelessness might be the key ingredient that can bring that out. Cool. Thanks so much, Erica. Just to wrap things up, what's like one thing people listening can do this week to improve their brand? I would say look at what you've got going on and do a little audit of where have you been holding back? Where have you been kind of keeping yourself from expressing your true aspects that you'd like to maybe push the boundaries on a little bit? If everyone can identify just one aspect that they can start to go a little bit deeper on and start to upplay, that'll make a big difference in sort of creating that cascade or that avalanche with inside of your you and your business of being more truly authentic and not authentic in the way of like posting a picture of you eating dinner, but, you know, putting your real inner qualities out there and bearing all for people. I think that's a really important step that is hard to undertake. But if you need a little push, this is the week for you to do that. Fantastic. Erica, where can people get in touch with you or, you know, connect to learn more? I actually have a 10 day free email course about how to build these brand foundations that I've been talking about. Um, And I've made a special link for you and your listeners, Amanda. So it's erica.live. That's E-R-I-C-A dot live, L-I-V-E slash wellpreneur. So erica.live slash wellpreneur. Oh, fantastic. Thanks. And we'll link that up in the show notes so they can get to it really easily. Erica, thanks so much for being here. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can get all the links in the show notes at wellpreneuronline.com. And your homework for this week is to create a welcome sequence of emails for your new email subscribers. And if you want, you can sign up to a free 30-day trial of ConvertKit, which makes this process so easy. I totally love ConvertKit and really recommend it as my preferred tool for Wellpreneurs to do email marketing. You can sign up for that 30-day trial exclusively for Wellpreneur Podcast listeners at wellpreneuronline.com slash bonus. Okay, have an awesome week, guys, and I'll see you back here next week with the next episode. Mm-hmm.